Welcome to the Family Movie Night Podcast, episode 40. That's nuts to say. We 40, we are coming ever closer to that magical number 50. Today, in honor of the movie we are discussing this year, 2022's The Bad Guys, available on Peacock. Uh, I want to ask my wonderful co-host, uh, if you could spend a weekend vacation with any famous villain, bad guy, from any movie, TV show, book, comic book, who would you want to spend time with? The villain of our podcast, this is made for you, Mr. Sawyer Hewlett. Who are you picking? Well, I think there's really only one answer for this question, quite honestly. And the answer is obviously Richard Hammond from the film Jurassic Park. He is the okay. villain of that movie, and he spares no expense, and he's a cuddly old guy. He's not going to like try and kill me. He's the villain because he literally just refuses to not make dinosaurs that's the only thing that makes him a villain really easy guy to hang out with and i'll get to fly around in my own private chopper the entire time that we're on vacation together maybe i'll even see a dinosaur you never know he spares no expense very interesting choice there i like it i like it all right i will say this in the book jurassic park he is 1000 percent the villain he is even more villainous in the he does he more villainous in the book uh, he dies at the end of the book oh wow i did yeah know. he is purely villainous he's like uh i remember at one i've never point even in, read the book so oh the book is great and it's pretty different from the movie but it ends with they end up firebombing the island um so that's how that one ends but in other news donnie dorsey hero of this podcast donnie who are you going with i know it would be it's anti everything you stand for to spend time with a villain but who are you wanting to spend time with man this is going to come as a shock I would pick Thanos. And here is my reasoning why. Okay. From the depiction of what we see, of course, he wants to do all these horrible things. But there is a certain level of intellect that he presents to things. Uh oh. That the conversations would be very enlightening. Like it would be the counter to everything I am. And I would go and I'd be able to, because. It's almost that idea of having the devil's advocate right beside you to be like, hey, we should do this. And I go, why? And they give you a reason. You go, hmm, that's a perspective, you know? I think Donnie <laughs> is saying he might be swayed into snapping half yeah. of life out of existence. <laughs> I think Donnie just might have, like... That's a pretty like, big heel turn right there, my friend. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I feel like you can't be the hero and be saying, you know, Thanos... That's breaking up the shield the right there. That's a, that's a okay. chair to the back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, of course, my answer to this question is the greatest villain of all time is Sawyer Hewlett himself. Aww. So that's who I would spend time with. <laughs> Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content 
you consume. And uh, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Donnie Dorsey, the hero of our podcast, Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of our podcast, sadly, the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper, is out sick today. So she will not get to discuss this really fun uh, movie from 2022 called The Bad Guys that is available on Peacock. Uh, but before we get to talk about that, Donnie Dorsey, why don't you tell them what we do on this podcast? Yeah, absolutely. So on this podcast, we encourage every family and community Christian church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and shared experiences that will help you build stronger relationships. And the movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy, you know, fear and sadness in this safe environment, but they also give us chances to talk about what matters most to us in ways that are meaningful and memorable with our children. And uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you can watch on your monthly movie night, but uh, give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you can have with your children during or, or after the movie. And as always, uh, we don't want this to be just another thing on your list of things as a parent that you don't get around to doing and you just feel guilty about doing. So uh, we really just want to make it easier uh, for you as a family to be together and to build memories with your kids and ultimately to start conversations that help lead your children to love Jesus and his way of life even more. So we're going to try and keep this fun and uh, also give you some good handles of conversations you could have that might uh, help inspire a love of Jesus in his kingdom in your kids. Uh, and today we're talking about The Bad Guys, which came out this year in theaters, but now, as most things are, quickly came to streaming. It's available on Peacock, uh, which maybe you have and you don't even know uh, the streaming service because apparently through my charter, or not charter, Comcast internet, I got a free subscription to Peacock. I did not know it until one day I logged in on Peacock and I already had it. So <laughs> uh, maybe you have it. Maybe you already have Peacock. Um, but this movie is available on that. And if you don't know what it's about, uh, because even though this movie made, I was going to ask, this might be fun. How much money do you think this movie made at the box office? It's during still, I mean, movie theaters haven't come fully back since the pandemic. So this is going to be pandemic numbers. What are you thinking this movie has made total? Sawyer okay. Hewlett. Hmm. Um, I'm gonna guess. Ah, I'm gonna guess it made a hundred million. Okay, that's about where I would have put it to. That is incorrect, Donnie. Where where are you put? I'll tell you this much: it is higher. I was gonna say. Well, because of the fact, and this that is worldwide. I will say this is worldwide, not domestic. This is. It has a lot of notable characters in the sense of like visual. Um, I'd say somewhere in the range of like three to four hundred million. Okay, not that's that a, much, but this movie a, has made two hundred and forty-five million dollars, which <laughs> for an animated movie is a good amount of money. And during a pandemic, is huge. So I didn't know anyone else who went to saw see this in theaters. So I'm a little shocked. My family went to see it. We loved it. Uh, and had a really good time. If you don't know what this movie's about, here's what it's about. After a lifetime of legendary heists, notorious criminals, Mr. Wolf, Mr. Snake, Mr. Piranha, Mr. Shark, and Ms. 
tarantula are finally caught. And to avoid a prison sentence, the animal outlaws must pull off their most challenging con yet, becoming model citizens. Under the tutelage of their mentor, Professor Marmalade, the dubious gang sets out to fool the world that they're turning good. So um, let's talk about this. Uh, I went and saw this in theaters and had a really good time, but it was actually the hero of our podcast, Thanos-loving Donnie Dorsey, <laughs> that brought this to our podcast and said, hey, it was let's a snap decision. <laughs> That's rough. Donnie Dorsey, tell us why you thought this he is a dad, a- ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that he is true. Dad. He gets a pass on those. So Honestly, why did you think fa- families would like this, Donnie? I think it just, it's one of those things where I think you go in with one perception and as you're watching it, you slowly, I only say slowly, you quickly grow to love the characters because yeah. they have a certain level of charisma. They have a certain level of like, they're, they're good. Like they, they speak well. So things are, and there's a lot of entertainment value there. Like with their interactions with each other, their personalities. Like, I mean, for yeah. some for some animated cr- characters, they have a lot. They fill a lot of space with with their when they're on the when on screen. I agree, and I will say this for the voice cast. Uh, normally, celebrity casting stuff in animated movies is almost always a bad decision. In this movie, the voice cast is actually pretty strong. I was yeah. a little, I was a little shocked at how good they were at uh, creating characters. Uh, ob- obviously, Aquafina is just a knockout every time she's in any uh, voice acting role um but yeah, yeah, she's she's a role. aquafina like, is just awesome she's yeah. been in multiple movies that we've uh that we've Bob. covered like she was in uh, yeah. crazy rich asians she was also in um raya raya, raya the last dragon the last dragon yeah. like she's she's tearing yeah. up we the, box do the farewell right next <laughs> yeah zazzy beats is also in this and is pretty uh fantastic and she's uh, great she's my favorite character in the movie yeah, Richard Iowade, who is the villain in this, uh, he's got some voice acting credentials and always is pretty fantastic. Yeah. But I'll say the person who stand out for me, Sam Rockwell, I was not expecting him to be. A, he he He's not a person I think of as his voice being his strongest attribute. But I think combined with the animation, the the wolf character is really funny yeah. uh, and, and, and a really interesting, uh, just really interesting choice all around. But Sawyer Hewlett, the villain of our podcast, uh, what? What did you think of this movie? I mean, this this movie should be right up your alley, man. You're a bad guy yeah, yourself. I, I like this movie. I really liked it. Um, it it does what every family movie that comes out in 2022 almost always fails to do, which is show our characters doing their jobs well. Okay, yeah. the movies. I agree. Especially the we we talked about this last week with with Finding Nemo. The opening scene is so instrumental to the movie, and it threads that needle throughout the rest of the movie very effectively because we get to see these characters kind of at their apex you know Mm -hmm. like doing their job well and even like like so i i love that first scene but then there's another great scene that kind of launches the second act where they're pulling another heist and everything is kind of going wrong and eventually it does end wrong but we get to see these characters actually be tested now the first scene they're just out like flexing almost whereas the the next heist that they do they get tested a bunch and they're getting like their backs broken and yet they still kind of pull it off. And it's it's this really great sequence where we just get to see these characters like doing really well. We Aquafina is just awesome in that scene, her character. Um, 
So I, I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I really, really enjoyed the surprising amount of intrigue that this movie has. This yeah. is a very, and I, I don't mean this in a bad way, like I honestly, like I usually do. This is a very plotty movie. There is a lot of um, zigging and zagging that goes on that uh, that I really like, and it's a uh, it's kind of a just a really really fun adventure. Um, the humor doesn't work for me a lot of the time, um, but I'm also definitively not the target audience for the humor in this movie sure. um, but the adventure stuff i i love all the adventure and all the heist stuff um it's awesome yeah, yeah. i think it's one of the better uh caper heist movies yes. that we see i bet there's what, like four heists in this yeah movie? yeah and they they follow all the good rules of a heist you get the planning scene you get the you get the execution you get something goes wrong they have to improvise you have all of those kind of things and they just really work um and so, yeah, I agree. I think this is good for almost any age. Older teenagers, probably not. But I bet even middle schoolers would like this because there's enough for boys and girls. My girls loved it. Um, they think of it as very much, um, I think, a little edgier in their minds, even though there's nothing edgy about it. But because it's about bad guys and they're doing bad things, you know, yeah. um, they really liked it. Donnie, what were you going to say? I could tell you were going to say something. Like I was thinking about it because um, there's, I think there's a book that uh, talks about like the three little pigs from the other side, from the wolf's perspective. Oh, right. And like, it's kind of like one of That's those great things. And it's a really good book. Like, and so like in this whole idea, I love like what, what Sawyer is talking about. It's like, I love the way they seamlessly did all the things they did. Like the plots were seamlessly like going from one to another and connecting. Like they did such a good job of, not giving away a lot because they had so many plots that could have sent you different directions. And like, you didn't like, you kind of felt like you knew, but then yeah. something would happen. You're like, Oh, that's not where I thought this was going. You know? Well, it's really a heist movie for kids. It's not a kid's movie that features heists. Like yeah. all heist movies are that way where you start out with one thing and then it's twisty. I mean, that's the nature of these kind of pulpy, um, movies and yeah. I think uh, it falls in line with that uh, I also really like the animation uh, yeah. there's a lot that I mean this is DreamWorks uh, and they they are cribbing a little bit of the Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse animation style but I think it works in their benefit in this movie I think it yeah. uh, this is a book series and so I think they're trying to capture that kind of feel I understand that very much like the How to Train Your Dragons books uh, these are the books are pretty different from what the movie ended up being. Okay. Um, but anyway, still a lot of fun. We think your family's going to have a good time with it. But the other reason we wanted to talk about this, we think there's some good conversations that could come out of this. And those conversations really center around the theme of this movie, which is uh, how do we as believers, once again, we're talking to our kids as this is the way of Jesus, that we move past labeling people. Uh, in 2 Corinthians 5, Paul says that we no longer consider people from a worldly point of view. We don't look at people as rich or poor, bad guy, good guy. We don't look at stereotypes and prejudice, and we don't look at ourselves through that lens, right? Because a lot of our kids have been labeled. When they go to school, you know, if you've kind of acted out a few times or gotten in trouble a few times, you might see yourself as the bad kid, or maybe you see other kids as the bad kids. How do we teach our kids to be people of loving acceptance? And we think this movie gives us a chance to kind of see that because, well, let's just get into that. So, Donnie, talk about the movie for a moment. And talk about how does this movie bring up the idea of wanting to move beyond being labeled as the bad guys? Yeah, I think um, 
one of the key parts is, you know, when you, when you come into this and you see that, you know, you introduce to all the characters and how they, how they are, how they interact and they all have, you know, their specialty, but like, you know, the label of these particular things is like, I love how they introduce like the big bad wolf because that's the, the thing that connects people. They understand, Oh, the big bad wolf was a bad guy. And I think, this movie does a really good job of going, Hey, just because I have this label that was put on me and maybe right now where I'm at, I may be that label may be somewhat accurate, but doesn't mean that that's the only place I can be. That doesn't mean that's yeah, the only that's direction not I can all get. I can be yeah. exactly like, and like, I kind of like, I think I use the comparison of kind of like when Jesus called Matthew to follow him. It's that idea of, you Matthew, who was a tax collector. Yeah. So like the most disreputable bad guy in their society. Exactly. Like, and so it's, he would, he would have been like the big bad wolf in the sense of going, Hey, you're going to follow me. And I'm, you know, I'm doing great things. And just like, people are going, wait a minute, hold on. Do we know, do you know, this is, this is a tax collector, which would be whatever you feel is the, uh, the negative thing in the current time, you know, like whatever that yeah. might be. But, um, like, and it's, it's interesting because we often see people through their labels, whether it be a self self given label or a label that's been given based on mistakes of their past. And it's, it's so interesting to watch these characters when they're introduced to an individual, you know, that, and there's, you know, there's some context to that, but that looks at them differently. That doesn't yeah. want to just say, Hey, I know you're bad. You're going to always be bad. They don't do that. They're like, you know what? You are bad, but I, I see good in you. And I think that's the same way. I think like when I think about that comparison with Matthew is that Jesus goes, I know where you're at and I know how people feel about you. Well, that's not all you are. Well, and I think so, like in particular in this movie, a good way to have the conversation, the opening credit kind of sequence is a, a monologue from the wolf and he basically kind of the 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 sum up of what he's saying is uh everyone already thinks we're the bad guys so let's just have some fun with it like yeah. let's just have if, if they already think we're criminals if they already think we're bad guys uh then let's just have fun and he kind of is like i'm just gonna live up to their expectation and the one of the characters snake who at the end of the movie um, really kind of gets into this thing of like, I want to stay a bad guy. He says at one point, because no one invites the snake to their birthday party. Yeah. Like no one wants a snake coming to their birthday party. He's basically saying, I look like the kind of kid, which is a good opportunity for us. And I said this to one of my kids is, how can you tell who's a good guy and who's a bad guy? And a lot of times they think it's, well, it's by the way they look. It's, yeah. you can tell by looking at, you know, the way they dress or the way they, whatever. And you kind of say, can you tell who's bad by the way they look? You know, and be able to talk about the way that we criminalize certain groups of people because of their skin color or because of where they come from or because of any of this and be able to say to our kids, we're not going to judge people by those kind of things because that's kind of what brings out in both the snake and the wolf. There's this, I want to be a bad guy, but what kind of shifts it for them? And at first, it's being used against them, right? Uh, yeah. This is the spoiler alert, but. Professor Professor Marmalade, which if that shouldn't tell you, this guy's got more going on than that. Uh, he turns out, and you can tell. I mean, was anyone really shocked Professor Marmalade was a bad guy? 
<laughs> I mean, I'm pretty can... sure Richard I in in the Mandalorian doesn't Richard Iode play a robot that literally turns bad in the third act of an episode. Yeah. Like he's pretty much always a bad guy. But I just yeah. mean the, even the character <laughs> himself. Evil. Yeah, he 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 is like world renowned in this movie as being like a good guy, like a trustworthy. And you're like okay, and he's using that against the bad guys. But the way that he does it is he we find out at the end of the movie, he dresses up as an old lady and uh, to steal this prize jewel. And uh, the wolf ends up helping her. He's trying to actually steal her purse, but ends up grabbing onto the purse as she's about to fall. And he saves her. And she says, you're a good boy. And when he does, his tail starts to wag. There's this internal response of everyone. I want to be known. I want people to tell me I'm good. I want people to tell me I'm lovable. I want people yeah. to tell me I'm valuable. That's what ends up shifting it. And that goes too to the thing that you said, Donnie, of uh, Matthew. Jesus does not start with condemnation. Mm -hmm. He starts with acceptance. He doesn't start with, hey, let me tell you why being a tax collector is a bad idea. Yeah. Let me tell you all the bad things you've done. He never says it's a good thing. He just starts with going, you're good with me. Yeah. You're okay with me. And that opens Matthew up to a new kind of life. Um, so how do we see that in this movie, especially in the character, I think, of the wolf as he's kind of turning? How do we have conversations with our kids about, let's kind of shift for a moment and talk about how we see ourselves. You know, a lot of our kids see themselves as the bad kid, and I'm stuck making bad decisions. Sawyer, can you talk a little bit about how either this movie or just the way of Jesus in general helps us to talk about, hey, everyone can grow and everyone can change? Yeah, I mean, I think um, just kind of on the conversation of tying this movie to Jesus a lot. This movie, honestly, and the character of Wolf has a very um, a very Romans five eight energy about it. Um, Romans five eight. Let me let me pull it up real quick. Romans five eight says, "But God shows His love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us." This idea that the wolf is being told for the first time in his life that he is good, even though he knows I've done bad things. This very idea that he is for the he's being introduced in this movie to the idea that he is redeemable, that he can be redeemed. And it's it's almost like um, and, and I don't mean this in a bad way, it's very, it's very drug-like where it's like uh excuse me i i've been miserable my whole life and you're telling me i have the opportunity to escape that misery and i think like tying that into kids is kids have such an early opportunity to be not miserable is the thing this is something that my parents did an okay job at um in that just driving me towards this idea of self-acceptance that's the thing with the wolf the wolf hates himself okay the biggest conflict in the movie isn't that everyone else hates the wolf. It's that the wolf hates himself. It's the same thing with the snake, okay? Him and snake are on, like, just different different points of the same path um, at different points in this movie. And I think this is a big movie that's all about how you don't need to be miserable in order to be loved. Yeah. Yeah, there's a really good movie that... Uh... I don't know if we'll end up talking about it. It's a good teenage movie called Perks of Being a Wallflower. And one of the lines in that movie is uh, people accept the love they think they deserve. Yep. And if I think what I deserve is to be treated miserably 
and to be treated as a villain, to be treated as if I'm the bad kid. I'll live up to it. I had written down the quote and I couldn't find it earlier, but in that opening monologue, uh, the wolf basically says, I don't want to be seen as a monster, but these were the cards I was dealt. And so I'm going to play them. I'm going to play what I've been dealt. And sometimes those labels just get put upon kids. And I think, um, and sometimes it is because of bad decisions they've made. They've made bad decisions. Um, But to be able to say to a kid, the answer, and this is one thing I love about this movie. We talked about this a little with Rango is these are (laughs) people who've made bad decisions. I was going to say they're bad guys, but that kind of goes to labeling, but these aren't, these aren't, Hey, if you just, if you just, change the way you see yourself you'll get fixed the the solution to this problem is to choose differently to yeah. be to become a different person the answer is not hey just love yourself as you are and that's all you need to do is just enjoy being a cuz they were enjoying being a bad guy mm-hmm. the answer is you are capable of more there is nothing in your life that disqualifies you from becoming a person so to be and you know i have uh, my children when they make bad decisions they go look and they'll say, I'm afraid now they think I'm bad or I'm afraid other people. I said, and they may. But the only way to fix that is that you start making better choices. Yeah. You start making choices that honor people and love people. And you will change what people think. And you will change what you think. But most important is no matter what anyone else thinks, what does God think? And that never changed. God thinks you are lovable enough that, as Sawyer already said, Jesus died for you knowing you were going to do all of this. Yeah. Go ahead, Donnie. Because I was like the other part that was interesting is that like, I think sometimes, especially when you have done wrong in your life, like you start doing the right thing. It's this, there's a perception that, Oh, well think now that I'm doing the right thing, everything will work out for me. But sometimes yeah. those decisions do have consequences that you eventually have to face. And they did have to eventually face their consequences. But, you know, what they learned was there is more to me than the mistakes I've made. I'm much more than the, you know, the the things I've done wrong. I can I can be more. I am more. And I think talking to our children about like like you said um, with your kids is that that conversation is like, well, do the next right thing. Like you made that mistake. It does. That's not all you are. Like you're not just a collection of your mistakes. You're a collection of decisions that you've made, and now you have an opportunity to make better ones. Well, and I think that part is huge, Donnie. That the next right thing, because that's what I'll say to my kids is: now you are in a situation. You've made a situation. You've made a bad decision, and now there's a consequence for it. And part of that consequence is people trust you less, mm-hmm. and people people may think things about your character. So, what's the next right thing to do? The next right thing may actually be you have to go over and above on kindness and mm-hmm. gentleness and obedience and all of these kinds of things. You have to go more than you would normally do because you're trying to earn back trust. You're trying to earn back a relationship because you've damaged the relationship. Being able to say that to them and help them understand that all of that is honoring and be and, able to go ahead. Well, well, and to your point, that's kind of what makes the ending of this movie, honestly, like surprise. Like, okay. I'll be honest. The movie didn't like knock my socks off until like the very end. The movie ends basically with the wolf and the rest of the bad guys surrendering. And yeah, I they like, go to prison. Oh, like, yeah. like, like I was like, this movie went there. Okay, then like, yeah, that, that, um, 
really blew my mind. Yeah. A movie of this level that is about really so much of it is about, hey, you know, we're labeling people as bad guys and all that kind of stuff. What it would be about is it's more like pointing the finger at society and being like, hey, don't call them bad guys. And society would be like, you know what? We we were part of this too. This movie is about, hey, but I am accountable for my decisions. Yeah. Yep. I am accountable for the decisions I made. But that but that doesn't make me a bad guy. Exactly. And taking the consequence, being accountable makes me a good guy. I'm yeah. in a bit because there's this feeling of if you were a good guy, you wouldn't go to prison. But yeah. in this sense, you did a bad thing. But because you're a good guy, what a good guy who did a bad thing. <laughs> I mean, this yeah. is the kind of complex complexity, but a good guy who did a bad thing, what they would do is tell the truth, take the consequence, and that is what a good guy would do. Yep. Not go, hey, I'm not going to, I've now changed so you can't hold me accountable. Exactly. And I think that's huge to our, our kids to be able to say, because this is the complex part. I don't think our kids can understand it. I'm not sure I understand it. But when we say things like being a disciple means doing everything Jesus would do if he were living my life, we're not saying if Jesus lived my life <laughs> Yeah. Forever, because if Jesus lived my life forever, he would have made totally different decisions than I have. But what if Jesus took over the life of a person who had done criminal things? Mm -hmm. What would Jesus do in that context? Well, it may be turn myself in. It may be, or what if Jesus had hurt someone he loved? Now, we know Jesus would, but what if Jesus took over the body of somebody who had hurt someone he loved? Right. You know, that's the consequence because there's this feeling, I think, sometimes, which is what I really want is to not ever have to apologize to someone. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus never, never had to apologize because Jesus never made the decision that he would have to apologize for. But you have. And now you're letting Jesus take control. So Jesus would apologize because that's the most honoring thing to do in that situation. And that's a little more complex. But being able to say that to our kids, what would Jesus do if yeah. Jesus hurt someone? which we know he wouldn't. So anybody's coming after me, not saying Jesus would. <laughs> I'm saying if Jesus was in that position, what would he do? We know he would do whatever honored the person the most. Yeah. I'm trying to like, that's something I want. Like I'm working with my kids on the idea. I'm working of, with uh, me on that. <laughs> well, and it's through them mostly yeah. for me. Like, because like, it's that idea of accountability, like yes. for whatever, what the actions that you take, it's like, you know, because there's this mentality of if I say I'm sorry, that means we're we're square, we're good. It's like, yes, we're good because you have acknowledged that you've done wrong. But there is another step to that in being accountable for the wrong you've done. Like and sometimes it's a idea. It's like, OK, well, maybe you like you hit your sibling. It's like, yeah, you apologize. But that doesn't change the fact that you crossed a line. Right. And have and should be held accountable. And it's like, OK, since I did this, I, you know, I probably shouldn't. And so when you get your consequence, accepting it and going, you know what, you're right. I'm sorry. Yes. You know. Well, and I think what's huge, too, and this might be shifting gears a little bit to even talk about the villain here. We've talked a lot about, OK, there are kids not judging a book by its cover. Right. Mm -hmm. That's kind yeah. of our first part of our thing of your kids telling them, hey, don't just assume you know who's a bad guy because of stories you've heard. Get to know someone, right? The second part, we said, hey, how we change our view of ourselves. But the final part is this. The villain in this movie is a good guy. By yeah. all reputable sources, 
He is the person. His reputation says he's a good guy and he follows all the rules. And what I love about this was to be able to say to my kids, just like you can't judge who's a bad guy because of what they've gotten in trouble for, you can't judge a person's character just because they follow all the rules. Because they're, because this is the truth. There is a level of which when I see myself as the bad guy, there's there's bad things that grow in myself. But there are just as many bad things that grow in me when I learn. I think, well, I'm a good guy. I do everything right. Judgmentalism grows in that. Pride grows in that. Deceit, because then I want to hide any bad thing I do. All of that still grows in a person who's labeled as a good guy. And there are people, being able to say this to my kids, and I said this to them, you know, there's a, that guy's, they said, well, he's actually nice. I said, he is nice. He's not kind though. And there's a difference between being nice and kind. Mm -hmm. Nice kids are the ones who know how to be polite and know how to say things in front of the teacher that makes everyone think they're good and they do all the right stuff. But behind the back, they're really doing things to make other people look bad or to make themselves look better than they really are. I said, that's not kind. Kind yeah. is when you, nice is when you follow the rules. Mm -hmm. Kind is when you do something for the good of someone else. And I said, that's, I said, we want to be kind people, even if it's not very nice. I said, because let me say this, if you knew a friend of yours, I said, what if a friend of yours came to school and they smelled really bad? And I said, and you knew they forgot to put deodorant on. And I said, would the nice thing be to do Tell them, you smell great today. Don't feel bad about yourself. Or would the kind thing be able to go, hey, dude, you might want to go put some deodorant on. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, I don't want to hurt his feelings. I said, isn't it worse, though, to let him go around and let everyone else think bad things about him? Isn't it more kind to say, hey, you're my friend and I want to tell you the truth? And obviously, that gets into more things. When I know my friend's told a lie, when I know my friend's done something, it might not be nice and polite to call them out on it, but it's kind. And yeah. this is a guy who's nice and polite, but he's evil, <laughs> you know? And that's when Jesus gets to, you can know a person by their fruit. And I think just like we would say to a kid, hey, what, what you need to be focused on when you're, when you're building friends and who builds into you is it's not the people who are getting ahead, the people who make good grades, the people who know how to say all the right things and they never get in school suspension. They, those are the kids we want our kids to hang out with. But sometimes those are some of the most cruel mean, judgmental, critical people, the people who have learned how to play the game and not get in trouble and secretly they're causing lots of trouble. The people we want to say to our kids is look at their character. Are they honest? Are they kind? Do they tell the truth even if they get in trouble? Do they tell the truth even if it makes other people upset with them? Do they do the right thing even if it upsets other people? And those there are people who are labeled as the bad guys who do that. And there are people who are labeled as the good kids and they don't do that. Because in our world, what it and in the school system, what it takes to be a good kid is you sat in your desk and you were quiet and you didn't and you didn't get caught cheating at least. Yeah. <laughs> you might have cheated, you just didn't get caught. But what what really determines whether someone's good is is their character good? Are they someone who's honest and dependable and kind? And being able to say that to my kids is this kid, this guy looked like a good guy. He's really not a good guy. And being able to have those conversations, I think that's invaluable. Anything else we want to have uh, talk about from this movie? I mean, the only thing, I, it just it's just a good watch. It has a lot of very well-driven plot points, some good themes that are definitely good conversations to have with your kids. Like, it's just, 
I like I like I said, and I think Nathan said as well. I had some good conversations with my kids about a lot of the things that were going on, and it's 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 invaluable to have an opportunity to talk to take entertainment and have really good dialogue with your children yeah to help them to grow to be good you know good human beings and and also seriously and and we all we always do this at the beginning of the episode but i do want to reiterate this is a really fun movie too like yeah Mm -hmm. there's there's a sequence in in the middle of the movie where uh where kind of like um you you learn a bunch about one of the characters the crimson paw and uh who is my favorite character in the movie and it's it's an awesome action sequence honestly which is rare in animated movies for me to say like oh that actually like i'm it's gonna stick with me i just know it yeah yeah it's a good movie yeah i think your kids are gonna have fun and i think all the conversations we had are good and this is just really important because it's important for us to help our kids be able to discern one who should influence them right so to say all this because i think this is important i know what we hear when we say hey don't just judge the bad kids we we also know the bible says bad company corrupts good character so we're not just saying your kid needs to go hang out with all the kids who are doing bad things that isn't what we're saying what we're trying to say and i think this is the christ-like approach which is to love and accept people but to choose who are my influences based on the fruit that is produced in their life So we want to raise children who aren't judgmental of people who have made bad choices, but at the same time uh, are not being uh, influenced in such a way that their character gets corrupted. And so these are sometimes difficult, but they're good conversations. And as we said last uh, week on the Finding Nemo thing, the earlier you could start preparing them for this, the better they are because they can understand the nuance as they get older. So we hope that you continue to have great conversations about this and other movies with your kids to help them love Jesus and his way of life even more. We'll see you next week.